Hi, y'all. It's Angela Prophet. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so excited because today we're going to talk to a chief referral ninja, which whenever I saw this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk to Stacy. And so she has prepared some amazing tools and nuggets for us today, all about referrals and sales strategies. And it just seems like there's so many tools out there to get business. And I remember when I started my business, social media didn't exist. Digital marketing wasn't cool. Being an entrepreneur was not cool. There were no coaches. It was so different. And now with all of these resources, I almost feel like, yeah, it's easier, but it's almost harder because you don't even know how to identify what is my sales strategy going to be for my company. So if you are a new business, or even if you've been in business for 20 years and you need to look again at that sales strategy, cause you got to keep up, right? Or your business is just going to die. You're going to want to listen up because Stacy. So it's Stacy Brown Randall. She is not only the chief, the chief referral ninja, but she also has her own podcast and she is also an author. She has her new book is coming out really, really soon, but I don't want to spoil that. I want her to tell you about that. Um, but I'm very excited about all the things that we're going to talk about because referrals can be really uncomfortable sometimes. And so there are ways and strategies that you can generate referrals without asking for them and without being salesy. And that is what Stacy is an expert at. Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go, or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic and it saves so much 
time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash vlog easy in all caps vlog easy is case sensitive so be sure that you've got that caps lock on and you're putting in vlog easy in all uppercase v is in victor l-o-g-e-a-s-y give it a try Come on down, Stacey. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Angela, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yay! Before you like said, okay, I'm going to be the chief referral ninja, before <laughs> you really launched your brand, and obviously you've been doing this for a long time, you have a lot of great experience um, to share. What was your pathway in getting into the professional world of understanding referrals? Like where did all this start for you? So the title that I held prior, I would say one of the first titles that I held on my entrepreneurial journey, is actually member of the business failure club. And it was, it was having a first business. It was an HR consulting firm that would go, it would, it would be four years, almost five before that business would fail. And it was looking back on what I learned from that business failure, watching that HR consulting firm fail. And it, I mean, it died a slow death because I let it die a slow death. So when I, that business failed and I had to do the unthinkable and go get a job, go like what I always tell folks, people think it's crazy when I say this, I'm like, you know, you have to take a shower for somebody else every day because mm-hmm. you have to go to an office and I had to get a job and it took some time to pay attention to like, Hey, I'm not stupid. Like I'm smart and I'm capable of running a business. So why did this business fail? And why have I found myself back in a nine to five W2 you know, position. Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? And I started paying attention to all the things that I, you know, had done right in my business, but more so all the things I had not done right. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned was that I had not figured out a way to touch business development every day in my business. Now, that doesn't mean I have to do the same thing every day. And it doesn't mean I have to do, you know, three hours of it every day. But if you're going to be a business owner, filling your pipeline with prospects who can potentially turn into clients is a necessity of any business. And it doesn't matter to me what type of business you're in, but even more specifically, when you're the type of business owner that whether volume matters or not matters, when you're the type of business owner that's going to also then do the work, like so you're getting the new client in the door and then you're delivering on the work it can get really easy to just lean a little bit more towards the, well, I enjoy doing the work. So I'm going to hang out over here (laughs) and put my head down and do the work. Right. And then you look up and you're like, Oh wait, now that work is done. Right. I have no more work coming in. So I got to go back out there and hustle and find more clients. And I found myself in that place way too often in my first business. So I took a job. I licked my wounds. I got over the ego blow, you know, deal with the, the financial and emotional and mental draining that is a business failure. Um, worked in corporate America. So I had gone back to corporate America, was there um, not almost 18 months, a little less than 18 months. And at the time I got certified as a productivity and business coach. And so I launched my second business and I was like, okay, well, business failure, not an option, not doing that again. So we got to figure out, we have to learn from our mistakes. We got to learn from the lessons of that business failure. 
So creating a way to fill my pipeline with prospects was really important to me. But I'll be honest with you, Angela, I'm one of those people that I'm not afraid of hard work, but I don't like to do the things I don't like to do. Yeah. Amen. Right. To the point where I just won't do them. Hence, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit while the first, why the first business failed. So I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to fill this pipeline. So this coaching practice can be successful. And how, what did I, what did I do in the first business that worked, which was a whole bunch of networking, but fast forward now to second business. And now we've got, you know, a couple of kids and we would eventually add a third. And so I was like, well, I don't want to spend every night networking like crazy. I had done a lot of that when my babies were babies. I mean, they're not babies anymore. They're in middle and elementary school now, but when my first job started, they were babies. And so I did more networking. I wasn't around as much with my first company because I, that's how I generated business. I'm like, but now we're, my kids are older. They actually need you more as they get older. And they really actually need you in your car is actually what they need. But, you know, (laughs) and then we added, right. And then we added a third kid to that whole mix. And it was like, I I can't be networking all the time. I'm not the type of person who's going to cold call. I think that cold emailing can also be a massive waste of time. And I don't want to stalk people on social media if I don't have to. Amen. Right. There's all these things that like I could do, but I know me. And after about maybe six weeks, I wouldn't want to do them anymore. So I looked at my business and I was like, what am I missing? And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't get any referrals. Like when I looked at my first business and that failure, I, not one client came by a referral, not one. And I was like, really? yes. And well, that's not true. The two years after I had shut that business down, I got my first referral <laughs> for the failed business, but it was two years later. So it doesn't exactly count. <laughs> So when I was going through that process, I'd be like, oh my gosh, referrals. So I'm like, everybody else are out out there in the world. When you're like, light bulb, I want referrals. Okay, how do we make this happen? And so I started asking around. I'm like, how do you get referrals? And some people were like, they just happen. Like, they're sporadic. Like, you just get lucky. You do great work. When you've been known for 10 years as a business coach, Stacey, don't worry, the referrals will come. I'm like, well, Mm. none of that is anything I can control nor wait for. And then so I started doing my research. And all the experts that were teaching referrals were saying, just ask or just pay, or make something very promotional and gimmicky, you know, like adding to your email signature, the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. And I know those work for some people, but they didn't fit who I was. I didn't want to ask everybody I knew, and I didn't want to pay because I think there's something wrong with that, which we can dive into if you want. And I didn't want to be overly promotional or gimmicky because people know me as a straight shooter. That's just who I am. I was like, oh, I I can't do that either. So then I was like, All right. So I guess like everybody else says, if those strategies don't work for me, then I guess referrals don't work for me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just, I just don't know if I'm willing to completely accept that. I don't know if there's another way to do this, but I'm certainly willing to figure it out. So I started really working on my client experience and I started taking really good care of my clients. And I picked up, I did a ton of networking, one-on-one coffees. It's like the 7 million cups of coffee, starting my coaching practice, brought on some new clients. And then I started getting referrals. And sometimes what I had done to get those referrals was very intentional. And sometimes it was just like, whoa, it just happened. And I would unpack the pattern of where that referral came from. Eventually what I figured out was a system of actually what worked for me with referrals. And then my business exploded. It was like coming up on its first year as a business and productivity coach, I had received 112 referrals, none of which I had asked for, none of which I had to be cheesy about, none of which I had to pay for. And I was like, huh. And then as the second year started, my clients were like, um, what are you doing? Like you're growing so fast. You're raising your rates. It's hard to get on your calendar. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, I just follow this referral process I built for myself because I don't want to do any of that other stuff (laughs) when it takes to build 
build a business. Now, I do other things. Let me be let me be very clear. I do other things, right? Obviously, I have a podcast now. I have a book. But even back then, you know, I obviously had social media. I had some brand awareness around some social media platforms, and I did a lot of free speaking. And that was another way that I brought in clients. But referrals was a huge piece of that. So my my clients, because I was coaching small business owners and solopreneurs, they're like, "Well, what are you doing to grow so fast?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, it's this referral process." So I started teaching it to them, and it was in teaching it to them that I realized as I started teaching. Teaching it, you know how it is when you start doing something over and over again, you find a better way to do it. Yep. So as I started teaching it to them, I was like, ah, oh, huh, look at that. It's five steps. And this is what I do. And then here are the like the philosophy behind it. And here are the, the factors that matter and the things that you can do and can't do. And here's the delicate balance where it's a little bit of an art and a science. And here's the pieces. And that's what it came to be. And so I knew from my first business failure, figuring out how to scale this coaching practice was going to be important because you can only trade dollars for hours until you run out of hours. So as a coach, mm-hmm. I was always had my eye on the future. Like, okay, where can I go to scale this as well? And when I realized I had this referral process, I was like, okay, I can turn this into an online program. I can do VIP because I like the one-on-one, but I can also do this for an online program. When we have students now in the Growth by Referrals program in seven different countries, all over the world. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, And it's been, we've been around for a number of years now. So I mean, that helps. Um, but the idea behind that is really, is that it's just a process that I boil down that I needed my second business needed out of sheer necessity. And now it's just something that I have the ability to help so many more people, not, not just where we are, but you know, all around the world. That is so amazing. But, but don't you think that your second business would not be where it is like firecracker hot growing so fast if you had not failed in the first one? Oh, completely. And I wouldn't change that business failure for anything in the world. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't misunderstand. It was really painful. I don't want anyone, even my enemies, right? I don't want anyone to go through that. Um, not like, I'm like, do I actually have enemies? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> my point is, is that no, I, I know that I, you know, I used to think when I was going through that business failure, like, why is this happening to me? Like the, oh, woe is me. Like, why is this happening to me? And I could definitely see the things I had done to contribute to it. But part of me was just like, I mean, are you mad at me, God? Like, what is the problem here? Like, why am I going through this? And what I realized later is that, and I read this author who wrote this great book that had this one line in there that I was like, and bingo, that's what I needed. Um, that I, God wasn't picking on me through that business failure and having to go back to corporate America and being miserable and then starting my second business and not knowing if it would be successful, but he was, but he, he wasn't picking on me, but he had handpicked me. And that experience I had had with my business failure and then having to go sit in a corporate job, which forced me to decide, am I going to do this corporate life for the rest of my life? Or am I going to get back out there and get back on the horse and hang out another shingle and make it better? It definitely allowed me to be a better business coach when I was coaching people. And then it definitely put me in a position to realize, wow, I'm able to help so many more people now do something that most people would tell you isn't possible, which is, yes, you can receive referrals and you, you should not ask for them. In fact, I just, I'm so excited to hear like what your experience in building this has been because so many coaches and consultants that we hear from, it's funny because I'm actually, we're in the middle of launching like this whole GSD, get shit done, productivity, like webinar challenge thing. And for really for small business owners who need to grow their team and like we use psychology methodology and 
um, one of the coaches that we were, were working with is the key. Um, she said, well, have you beta tested this and where are the, um, kind of like the, I guess the referral pipelines where there's video testimonials and there's this and this and this. And, you know, I'm like, I've got thousands. Uh, I mean, I've been in a creative industry almost 20 years. And so we have thousands of reviews in, in a different capacity. And this is almost like an area where we have perfected it over the years. And it's like sharing our process to other businesses that keep asking, how do you have such low turnover? How do you do automation? How do you know all those shortcuts on your Mac? <laughs> like the questions that people ask. Yeah. And so whenever she asked me that, I'm like, I've never asked people like, Hey, give me this, give me this. I did this, give me this, like expecting something in return. It, it is, it's uncomfortable. And so I'm like, we're not going to take that route this time. <laughs> like I've done the, too many things over the time that I've been doing them to where I don't want to go out and expect something in return or ask for a referral because that's just, we do great work. And if people feel the need to refer us, you know, whatever, but like, there's real no strategy behind it other than working your ass off and, and exceeding expectations. So for, for people who just to be clear, because in the wedding industry, in the creative industry, a lot of people do this for a hobby and it is because their friend or their family referred them. Like, is your definition of like a true referral is that, is a true referral considered some, someone that comes through like a friend or a family, or is it a complete cold lead for you? Like what really, what is yeah. the definition? Yeah. So I think that's such a critical question um, to start with, so that we can all be on the same page because the truth is we use different sales lingo terms or just different terms or different ways to define referral to the point where we've completely diluted it of it, all of its power. So, I mean, I once gave a presentation and somebody said, well, when somebody from this presentation decides to hire you, that's a referral. I'm like, no, that's a, someone sitting in the audience and they turn themselves into a prospect because they heard me speak and now they want to work with me. I'm like, no, like we have completely diluted the definition. So, you know, I always tell folks that a referral has two things that any other type of sales or prospect type of um, term that you've heard is different. So a lot of people confuse reviews and testimonials and recommendations, like in terms of like testimonials and reviews, the written kind with referrals, they're totally separate. A lot of people confuse word of mouth buzz and gotcha. introductions with referrals, totally separate. So let me tell you the two things a referral has that everything else is missing. And the first thing is I would say that a review or a testimonial, whether it's video or written, that is like, that is actually something I do believe you can ask for if you so choose to do it. Because what I'm not doing when I say, Hey, thank you so much, Angela, for telling me that you loved going through my program. I'm just making this up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much Angela, for telling me that you loved going through my program. What did you love the most? Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Would you mind writing that up or shooting a quick video and sending it over to me? Like, because they are, it's just me doing it, right? When we get into the definition of a referral, all of a sudden now I am putting my reputation on the line, or in this case, you would be putting your reputation on the line and referring someone you know to me. So gotcha. it's no longer just that written review or that video, right? That video testimonial, that's totally separate. So a referral is always, there's always a personal connection. 
because that's the only way for the trust that the referral source feels towards you to be transferred to the prospect to you. So let me just use these some names and we'll kind of create this kind of scenario. Yeah, so let's say, yeah, let's say for sake of argument, like you know somebody who really needs help with referrals and her name is um, Sally. I don't know. Sally's always my go-to name. So we'll just use <laughs> Sally. I don't know why it is. It just does. Okay. So you know Sally and you guys are having coffee. You're having a conversation and she's like, wow, business is great, but it could be better. You know, I got this referral the other day. I just wish I knew how to get more of them. It was awesome. It was the quickest thing I ever closed. It was the, the client had no issues with my pricing because they already valued me. You know, they didn't even know me and they were ready to hire me. Right. And it's all because I got this referral and it was amazing. And I want more clients like that. And you say, oh my gosh, Sally, you got to meet Stacy." Stacy knows how to, how to create a system in your business where you can actually be authentic and genuine and generate referrals without asking for them and doing it consistently. Like as you can expect them to come in every month or quarter or year to your business, right? So in that moment, Sally, trust me because of you, because you said, trust Stacy. The other thing that Sally has, so now there's this personal connection. So you're going to connect Sally to me, right? And that's going to continue to transfer that trust to Sally. The second thing that's, that's been happening in that scenario is Sally has a need and she's identified her need, whether she came up with it herself or you told her that's your need. Sally's identified a need in her business or in her life. And now she's in buyer mode. She just moved into the buyer mentality of you're right. I do have this problem. And wow, wait, there's someone who can solve it. Okay. I'm open to investigating possible solutions. So a referral is a referral in terms of the quickest to close, they um, less price sensitive because they value you, they trust you before meeting you, all those things that make a referral, a referred client so amazing is because there was a personal connection where the trust could be transferred and the prospect was in buyer mentality mode because their need had been identified and they had decided to solve it. When you look at any other type of sales term, cold lead, warm lead, word of mouth buzz, or an introduction, they all are missing one or both of those parts of what a referral is, a personal connection and a need identified. So let me just get, give it a quick example about this. So most people are like, I got a word of mouth referral. I'm like, that's not a thing. It's word <laughs> of mouth buzz or a referral because a word of mouth buzz actually feels like a referral. It's you and Sally were out talking and you're like, oh my gosh, Sally, you got to talk to Stacy. Like, here's her number, call her. It's going to be awesome. And then I run into you two weeks later and you're like, oh my gosh, were your ears running? Were, uh, were your ears ringing? You know, was your nose itching two weeks ago? Because I was totally talking to this client of mine, Sally, and she's going to reach out. So we have identified Sally has a need in word of mouth buzz, but you didn't make the connection to me. So I'm not in the driver's seat. I can't follow up with her. And let's be honest, Sally's probably busy. And whereas she wants to get more referrals, she probably like walked away from your conversation and had 50,000 other things hit her on her to-do list. And I just kind of fell towards the bottom because she's busy. Not because she's not interested. She's just busy. Right. So, you know, it's that, so that's word of mouth buzz. Like there's a need out there, but I don't know who it is because I haven't been connected. It's the reverse of that with an introduction. It's like, Stacy, meet Sally. Sally, meet Stacy. You two are awesome people. I wanted to introduce you, get to know each other. But I don't know if we're meeting just to meet because Sally truly is awesome and I need to know her and she needs to be a part of my network. Or if because you actually know that Sally needs to hire me, but you didn't state the need. Gotcha. You just made the connection. So now it's like, okay, are we meeting for coffee to meet? Or are we meeting for coffee because somebody needs to be buying from somebody? I don't, you know, so now we don't have a referral. 
And I always tell folks, when you walk into a meeting with a prospect that has been referred to you, you are not selling, right? You are helping them remember that they trust you and helping them ask, you know, asking some questions and stuff so they can get to the point of closing themselves. But it's an entirely different conversation when you're sitting down with a prospect that hasn't been referred to you. And maybe you were introduced, but you didn't even know they were a prospect. You thought you were just meeting for coffee, right? Or they're just a warm lead or cold lead. Your sales mentality and your sales process is different sitting down with a referred prospect versus a prospect that was not referred. So it's not just knowing, oh, that's a referral. It's then knowing how to respond so you can turn that referral into a client. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, like you're saying, like, if you already know that they were referred by someone, why waste your time trying to sell yourself when really it's just figuring out what they need and telling them exactly how you can help them, right? Right. It is, it is, I always tell folks, when you're sitting down with a referred prospect, your goal here is to be curious and to figure out if you actually can help them. And if not, you need to be brave enough to tell them you can't. Right. With any other type of prospect you may be sitting down with, no, you're actually in a little bit of sales mode. You've got to identify their pain. You got to figure out what their budget is. You've got to figure like there's all these, I mean, some of those pieces still fit within the referred prospect meeting, but it's just a, an entirely different mentality when you're sitting down with a prospect who has not been referred versus one that has. It's such a less salesy pitch. Like, yes. so how do you, what are your thoughts on like, how does this all fit into your sales strategy, how you approach these referrals? So do you mean in terms of how I approach them when I'm meeting with the referred mm -hmm. prospects or how I get more referrals? Actually, both. <laughs> okay, let's, <laughs> let's start with the latter. <laughs> Loaded questions. <laughs> no, it's a good one. Um, but let's start with the latter because I think that most people are like, if, so if all your listeners out there can just think for a minute, you know, and yourself included, just think for a minute, the last time you had a client or a prospect referred to you, like, just think about now it could have been like a crazy client, you know, that you wish you'd never taken. That definitely happens. But nine times out of 10, if you think about the last person that was referred to us, it's kind of this amazing moment where we're like, oh, everything about them was easy. Right. The, at least the sales process was, I mean, they still kind of been like, Bridezilla, I guess, on the back end, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, is that everything about that process is typically simple. So what people focus on when they're trying to get more referrals, right? They're focusing on themselves and the prospects. But the way to get more referrals, particularly the way that I teach it, because you're not allowed to ask, you're not allowed to pay or compensate, and you're not allowed to be gimmicky or cheesy or salesy. The way that I teach it is actually who you focus on to get more referrals because you love getting referrals, right? Who you focus on to get more referrals is actually the referral source because that's the person that can connect you with more people who have the potential to want and need your services. So my whole program and my process is, and when I figured this out in my own business, that is the only reason why in my first year as a business coach, I got 112 referrals and have received over hundred referrals every year since in my business and have watched my students do the exact same thing, like watching an attorney who had three referrals a year go to 40 
right? She went to 20 in her first year and 40 in her second or working with another company out in Washington state that was like, we get 40 referrals a year. I'd be happy with 80. And she's at 187 in her first year isn't even up. Like, so wow. what I teach when I teach people, like that's, that's the potential, right? I mean, nothing's guaranteed unless you put in the work, but like when I talk to people about the ability to grow, I'm like, your whole focus has to come off sales and has to immediately go on relationships. Amen. Because referrals only come because of relationships. So your job is to strengthen and cultivate and continue to connect with your relationships, which in this case happen to be your referral sources, the people who can send you referrals. So if referrals only come from relationships, how strong are your relationships with your referral sources? Do you go nine months without taking care of them? Do you know how to plant a referral seed when you run into them at a networking event just to trigger their mind without them actually thinking you're triggering their mind, right? It's like these different pieces and parts that I want people to focus on, but ultimately what it comes down to is you're going to get more referrals if you have a system or a strategy in place to build better relationships with your referral sources. So when that light bulb moment happened for me, I was like, oh, got it. I get referrals from people because I have done things along the way to take care of them. And I'm doing things consistently moving forward to take care of them, right? And I'm not talking about your email newsletter. And I'm not talking about that automated system you have that tells you every 32 days, it's time to send a text to Sally and say, hey, how are you? I mean, after... <laughs> The third 32 days, Sally's like, I got it. I know what you're up to, right? Like, you got to be memorable and meaningful. You've got to stay top of mind. You've got to show that you care about them. And you do it actually without expecting much in return. But the way that we take care of people, our referral sources, and that we are memorable and meaningful and top of mind and weave in and plant those referral seeds, the referrals do happen. And so that's the piece that I tell folks is, is like, when I realized, oh, I'm getting referrals because of not because I'm an amazing business coach, woohoo, right? It wasn't because of that. It was because I had a relationship with the referral source so that she or he couldn't forget about me. And they had the utmost trust in me to take care of whoever they sent to me. So it was that I was a great business coach, but my reputation of being a great one didn't matter. What mattered what they thought of my ability to take care of the people they send to me and that I never let them forget about me or ever feel like I took the referrals for granted. That's awesome. So, so why shouldn't, I guess we ask for referrals? So, you know, it's interesting. It, it's been taught forever. And I've had, I have conversations with people all the time and I will, you know, we'll have the same conversation you and I are having and I'll talk mm -hmm. about why you don't ask and what it looks like to generate referrals. And at the end, so many people go, okay, great. So we do all this stuff so we can ask for referrals. I'm like, no, <laughs> You cannot ask. So let me explain to you. So understanding where referrals come from, it really goes down to understanding the psychology and the human dynamic behind how relationships work. And what people don't pay attention to or they miss out on is the minute I ask you for a referral, I have now commoditized our relationship. I've now made our relationship about work. I need you to do for me. Now I'll be honest, if I'm a first year wedding planner, right, or I'm the first year of my creative business, the truth is there are people in my life that actually want, well, most of them want to probably see me succeed. Mm -hmm. And so asking for help works, but it's a very narrow window. I had, um, 
a guy who owns a company um, out in Texas come into the program. He was like, I mean, my first two years, I got crazy referrals and now I'm in my third and they're gone. I'm like, you know, because your family members got tired of helping you be <laughs> successful. He was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I was like, now you need to like be big, be a big boy and have a system in place, right? And actually do these things that actually shows that you actually have a system and you don't need your family supporting you. So I always tell folks when you're looking at it from that perspective is what this ultimately looks like and what we need to know that this looks like in terms of how we are going to make sure that we are cultivating those relationships. So when I ask you for a referral, I'm commoditizing that relationship. I'm making it about work. And the last time I checked, most of us have a lengthy to-do list for our own lives. We don't really need to be adding yours to it. And when we ask for a referral, we're trying to force something that when it works the way it's supposed to, it occurs naturally. It right. occurs, which is you and Sally having a conversation and Sally saying, I got this problem and you saying, I know the solution, right? When I ask you for a referral, you're not going to scroll through your phone or look in your LinkedIn contacts and you got to start figuring out, well, I don't know, but who needs referrals? Well, I don't know. Right. And then all of a sudden, if you do right, refer them to me, it's not a real referral because you don't know if they have a need for that actual, if they have a need for wanting, in my case, what, what I teach, right? What I sell is how to get referrals. So it's this idea of you commoditize the relationship and you're trying to artificially create or manufacture what ha which has to happen naturally in the referral process which is the prospect deciding that they have a need. Now you can be the one to tell them they have a need and then they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. And then make a referral, but it doesn't happen when it's forced and it doesn't happen until it, it best happens when it happens organic and they don't feel like you're trying to figure out if they have a problem because you wanna make a referral, right? Or you wanna make that connection. Then they start wondering, why do you care so much? And that's typically what I find when people are being compensated for those referrals or getting kickbacks yep. or commissions or incentives in the back end. And that's a dangerous place to go to. It does work in some areas and some businesses. I'm not, for the most part, in services-based businesses does it work as well. Um, I always tell folks, stay away from asking, stay away from paying because of what it does to the prospect, not what it does necessarily to you and the referral source. Um, and so for that case, if we're gonna artificially create something or manufacture something that has to occur naturally, we're forcing the process. And once the process is forced, it never works. And we've also now made our referral source uncomfortable and it's awkward, and that starts to damage our relationship with them. Absolutely. So for if we have new business owners, and especially in the wedding community, like people always ask me, they're like, and it's funny, I know the psychology of it, but listening to you talk is like, I'm, I've been very intentional in following that pathway, but I didn't really know why. <laughs> And so, you know, I grew up in healthcare and to go to a specialist, typically the way a lot of insurance companies work is you have to have a referral from a primary care doctor to get into a subspecialist. And I saw how that relationship world worked at a very young age working in that. And so now, like when I started my wedding business, I just did it for fun. I said yes to everybody because it was like, truly a word of mouth thing like, oh, we're getting married. This girl helped. This girl and her sister decorated pretty. Oh, these people made it stress-free. And then because social media didn't exist, no type of CRM entrepreneurship coolness existed then. And it truly was, we, I called it word of mouth referral. And so 
we've always operated our business that way, but the older I got, the more intentional I was. And so now like on our intake form, we specifically ask people, how did you hear about us? And if it's not someone that we know, or if it is not a family member that we've already worked with, or if they're not an entrepreneur that has other event needs in their life, there's no reason for me to talk to them because like you're saying, like, I don't want to be a sales pitch person. Like I know what I can do in the strategy and the process of planning a wedding or an event. It's a very different experience the way that we brand people with psychology and no one really does it like that because when I go and speak and and then when you start to talk to other people, you realize you have something a little bit different that sets you apart. And if you want to come into that circle, like it really does matter where the referral is coming from. And so nowadays it's like, if somebody fills out our form and they're like, we heard about you on Google, like they're not going to hire us <laughs> because they're just, they never do um, <laughs> because it's not, we don't have a, a referral source, like you're saying, a relationship where someone has already edified you. They've already said, oh my gosh, listen, it was so stressful, but this girl and her team and her vendors, like they took care of everything and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like we're already sold or working with a family over and over. They already know what they're getting and they know that they can trust us with their money and, and we're not going to be doing things under the table and we don't take commissions from people. That's not how we make our money. We get paid just like another vendor to keep it clean and keep it very honest. And I've just noticed over time, because Nashville, where I'm from, has grown so quickly that there are a lot of businesses out there where they mark everything up and they're very hush-hush about it. And the client experience is so different. And so we just try not to work at those places. There's plenty of venue options to go to. Um, but for new people, like what is your, in your experience, like what can you share with them? What can they do? to? So I realize now, like in my situation, it's all word of mouth because we've been around for a long time. But for people who are newer, how can they get referrals like without asking? So that's such a good question. And I would say for people who are sitting, so let me answer this question, talking to two different audiences. So first, for the person who's sitting listening to this, and maybe they've been a wedding planner or a creative business owner now in the creative space for like three years or five years or seven or even 10 years. And they're like, huh, I'm not getting referrals the way Angela just described that she is in her business. I always tell folks that doesn't mean you're not worthy of those referrals. And if you've ever gotten any, it means that you definitely can get more. So even if you've been in business five or 10 or 15 years and you're like, well, I don't get referrals like that. I always tell folks like you can definitely get them. As long as you've gotten a couple in the past, that means you're referable. The reality you have to face though is, is even though you deserve referrals, you're not owed them. And what you've been missing, which Angela, you may have just been doing naturally without even knowing how important it was, right? But what you're missing um, is doing the work of actually cultivating the relationships with people while they're either a client with you and cultivating that relationship after the fact, um, or that you're maintaining relationships with them and probably planning referral seeds you didn't even know that's what you were doing. And so it's working for you. And I do think someone who's been in business 20 plus years, it is easier because you have brand reputation working on your side in addition to word of mouth buzz that allow more referrals to naturally happen. 
And so, so if someone's sitting there out there saying, well, I've been in business a long time. I'm not a newbie, but I'm not getting referrals. It's, there's hope. There's hope, right? There's hope for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of you cultivating relationships with people and then knowing that you have a process and a system to how you take care of them and then what language you use with them. But for the newbie, the person who's in their first or second year and they're like, I'd like some referrals and who's going to refer me because I only have like my first five clients, right? From that perspective, I don't want to go ask all of them, which is good. You shouldn't. The reality of this is that you need to first make sure that you are delivering on an extremely sticky client experience so that people have something worthy of talking about. Average and good enough is not good enough. There, you have to do something that at the end of the opportunity or the end of the time that they're working with you, your client finds themselves saying, wow, I just didn't expect that from my wedding planner. I just didn't expect that from my interior designer, right? Whatever it is that they're saying, you need them saying that about you. And that starts to build this, this way that you stick with them. Now, there are processes and systems that you can follow to make sure that you're you know, staying top of mind with them and continuing to take care of them. But the goal here then is to identify, well, who should be referring me? So if you've got that solid, sticky client experience, right? And you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, then who should be referring me. The first thing I tell folks to do is, is we need to identify who should be referring you. Who's a client that talked about how much they loved working with you? And maybe they even gave you a testimonial, right? Like who should be referring you? And who are those vendors that say, oh my gosh, working with you makes my life so much easier. You keep those crazy brides away and I just get to do what I do best and make the most beautiful flowers, right? The florist. So you look at who should be referring you and then you start paying attention to well, what type of relationship do I have with them? And then you go to the next level. And the next level is, what have I done to take care of them lately? And that starts a process of you getting into a mindset that says givers receive. So if I give and take care of other people when I'm not yet receiving referrals, then it will come back to me. Now, of course, is there like referral seed plant language that I want you to be able to plant? Of course. Are there specific things I want you to do them and maybe do them in a particular order? Of course. But it really all comes down to identify who should be referring you, whether they're centers of influence or clients, and then get honest with yourself about what your relationship is with them. If they were your very first client and you're two years in, you haven't talked to them, please don't assume that they're going to be giving you referrals. You haven't talked to them in 24 months, right? Like, so then really get honest about the relationship you have with them and then start paying attention. That if you were to start building a relationship with them, how could you make it about them and taking care of them? Now, Again, like I said, there's other things I want you to consider and there's a way to maintain this process going through it until you turn them into a referral or until you get your first referral from them and turn them into a referral source. And there's language and all those pieces. But it, I mean, Angela, at the very baseline, it comes down to how well you take care of other people. Because when we take care of other people, the way God built most of us, or I guess he built all of us and some of us are just dead inside, so it doesn't fit. But the way most of us are built is to take care of people back. And if you're using language and you're staying top of mind in kind of some specific ways, you have ability to kind of turn that into um, actually someone who will eventually refer you. Some people are like built to refer. You just got to unlock it. Once you unlock it, it's like, whoo, here they come. I can't believe I haven't unlocked it before. And others you'll think should be referring you, and they never will. And that's okay. You won't guess correctly every time you identify who should be referring me. But what you do have to do is have a process and a system in place to make sure you're cultivating those people into referral sources. And then you need a process and a system in place 
to track those referrals when you receive them and continue to take care of those referral sources and use the right language so that they'll continue to give you more referrals. And it kind of all works, like it's like the symbiotic kind of relationship. It all kind of starts to work together. And so some people, right, when we have conversations, I'm like, hey, you need to go through this training I have about how to turn clients and centers of influence or people in your network into referral sources. And other people I talk to, I'm like, hey, you're, you have referral sources, you're getting referrals. You need to have a process and a system to get more referrals from your referral sources. But most people will always be in a position where they probably need to be adding some referral sources or a lot every single year. <laughs> so it's still a process we need to know how to do. Absolutely. And as you're nurturing your, the people coming in, um, what is your definition of that? Is it creating content to stay top of mind? Do you send swag to people? Like what is your recommendation for staying top of mind? So people will think of you. Okay. I, I so am so glad you asked this question because I think that when people like, when they're like, they're listening to conversations that I have, or they're, you know, they're hearing me speak or whatever, they're like, yes, I get it. I'm on board. I don't want to ask. I don't want to pay. This is great. I can build a relationship. Okay. Now just tell me what to do. Right? They're like, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And here's the part where I answer it and they're like, and I don't like you anymore, Stacy. So it's okay. So I just want to invite you and your audience to stay with me till I get to the end of my explanation. So if you were to go read my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, right? So you can get the ebook, you can get the printed copy, the audiobook. If you were to read my book, it's going to explain to you a lot of what we talked about in terms of why you don't ask, why you don't pay, tools aren't the solution. Let's understand where referrals fit in your sales strategy. And then it's going to unpack for you my five steps of how you generate referrals. And more than likely, if you're mentally on board, you're going to be like, why didn't you give me all the ideas in the book? And a lot of people think, well, it's because now we just need to go pay her and she'll tell us. And, and I understand that that's a, that kind of that response that people have is like, hey, like, give me all of it. Give me all of it. And I, my response to them is not something people like. And it's not that I think you need my process or my system to have a system that works to stay top of mind. But the point that makes my process and my system different is because it's not a carbon copy. What, we, what I do with one realtor, for example, their referral generating plan, it could look different for the next realtor. And here's why, and here's the piece that people miss. And it goes back to these three platinum principles of how we build our touch points of how we take care of our referral sources. Platinum principle number one says what we build, that outreach, those touch points that we do for our referral sources to stay top of mind, right? What we do for them is really going to be all about them. So I can tell you, you should send a Wonder Woman water bottle on Mother's Day to all of your referral sources who are mothers until you look at your list of referral sources and say, great, I work with brides and none of them are mothers yet, <laughs> right? Like that touch point doesn't help you at all, right? Or you look at me like, great, because all my referral sources are guys, not sending them a Wonder Woman water bottle for mothers, for Mother's Day, right? So it's not about the, here's the six things you need to do. It's about look at who your, and this is actually step one of my process, look at who your referral sources are. And once you've identified who are your existing referral sources, pay attention to who they are. What do they have in common, right? And so from there, you'll actually be able to devise, okay, if I am gonna stay top of mind, and it's for most people, it's somewhere between four and eight touch points in a year, just depends on what you do. If I am gonna stay top of mind, what makes me memorable and meaningful? But when you know who your referral sources are, and it's not that we're doing individual gifts per referral source, but you are looking collectively at what they have in common. 
When I was a productivity coach, a lot of my referral sources were business owners who were also parents. So of course, in my plan, I recognized Mother's Day and Father's Day, but that, you know, it, because that's what worked for me, but that may not be what works for you. And so I always tell folks, it's not about me not telling you what to do. It's about, I don't want to give you like, here's six ideas you could do, and none of them could work for you because our referral sources are different. And so it starts by knowing who are your referral sources and platinum principle number one says, it's gotta be all about them. Now, here's a secret. Referral sources, what it makes them all about them is you thanking and acknowledging them. So I always tell folks, don't overthink it. It isn't about the best gift that you can give or the best event that you can throw for, you know, for your referral sources or for your client appreciation. It isn't about you know, the best gift card that you can, it's not about that. It's about you considering like, what is allowing me just to thank you and acknowledge you for what you've done? A lot of people build a referral generating plan on a shoestring budget because it's not about the money. Sometimes it's about our words. Sometimes it's just about our language. It's about showing up and letting them know that we care. So yes, there are lots of different things you can do as your touch points, your outreach to your referral sources. But it's really about, it's not about me giving you the prescriptive, here's your six touches, go off and do, and you'll have results. Like, I'm so sorry. It doesn't work that way. What a financial advisor does is going to be totally different than what a wedding planner does. Yep. And so I always tell folks, please go back to identifying who your referral sources are. And that usually gets people's creative juices flowing as to what they could do to take care of them. If it doesn't, of course, I have a process and a system that you can purchase that you can go through that will help you make those decisions. But when you know who your referral sources are, a lot of light bulbs go off for people. And I think that's important. And most people don't really pay attention to. But you did mention one thing. You mentioned promo swag. So let me just say the one thing I will tell you to never, ever do. I actually have an entire podcast episode dedicated to it is <laughs> don't send a gift to somebody. Remember, gifts are one of many things you can do, but they're a popular one. Don't send a gift to people that has your logo on it because that's not a gift for them. That's all about you. So if you want to send them that Yeti, then you're going to have to be okay with sending them a Yeti just the way it comes to the manufacturer and not slapping your logo on it because, or putting something else on it that's not your logo. Because once you put your logo on something, it's a promotional item to promote you, which is awesome in your client experience and awesome in your prospecting plan and your marketing plan. It's not a part of your referral plan. And that's where I divide the line. I draw the line on when it really comes down to how we take care of our referral sources. Again, lots of things you can do. Just don't slap your logo on anything. Unless it's the handwritten thank you card you're gonna write when they do send you a referral. I don't care if your logo's on that, but it shouldn't be on any other item. That's a great way to look at it. It's so true because we're so, I don't know, like potty train, like put your logo on everything and send it out. Yes. <laughs> You're so right. Like it's not about them. It's about you. <laughs> so that's a great way to look at it. Um, so how do you know, like if people reach out to you to work with you, do you work with all different types of industries or, I mean, cause referrals can mean a lot of things. Like in the medical industry means getting more patients in. So do, do you specifically focus and do, do, or do you have all types of industries come to your workshops? Who, so, who are you really targeting? Yeah. So it's a great question because I tell folks, you're right. Every business out there needs referrals and yes. can build and should be able to build referrals into their 
into their workflow and their process, their system, their way of being. But my program is specifically designed for people who are in what I call relationship-based businesses. So typically when someone decides to hire you, they're hiring you, not your software, not your technology, not an app, right? They're hiring you and they're going to build on some level a relationship with you. So, and it's typically not a highly transactional or a very low dollar cost that they're going to spend. So if you think relationship-based businesses, the people who get to know their clients and work with their clients or their team gets to know their clients and work with their clients, that is the, actually who I am uniquely positioned and my program is uniquely positioned to support. So I don't do work in the medical space. I don't do work in the online business space, even though I have one. I don't actually teach referrals in that space. I don't do work um, in the highly transactional, like um, if you're in a highly transactional business and you view your industry as highly transactional, it's all about volume and dollars and next client, please, here we go. And that relationship based, that's not who I'm built for. Who I'm built for are the people who build relationships with their clients because they're uniquely positioned to be able to use some of the tactics that I teach to be able to generate referrals from those clients and their centers of influence, you know, other people who aren't clients who should be referring them. So think like um, the wedding planner, the home stager, the realtor, the financial advisor, the CPA, the attorney, the home builder, um, the bookkeeper, the people who are going to do the work for you, and they're also going to be the person you build a relationship with or their team. It doesn't just have to be the owner of the business, um, but it's going to be their team. So it's coaches, it's consultants, um, but it's not typically, you know, like highly transactional businesses. And it's not typically businesses where what you're spending is usually low dollar. And then I just do, even though I know you have that medical background, I just stay away from the medical field <laughs> as well. I do have like acupuncturists and dentists in my program. Okay. I'm not trying to go after the general practitioner because I just, I don't know that space. And I don't like to teach something that I don't know it's going to work. The right. other spaces I talked about, like we have hundreds and hundreds of students who've been through the growth by referrals program and have wonderful, wonderful results. And those are the people when I look at who has results with my program. And now I'm like, this is who it's for. So if it's not you, then don't get in because you'll be mad at me. Right. <laughs> and so I say like, this is who it's for. And it really is. It's those relationship based businesses, because I think we're so uniquely positioned to just totally unleash a referral explosion. And even though it, it I feel like people, they just, because there's so much paid advertising online, like, and yesterday I was talking to somebody about geofencing which works for certain things in marketing, but really when it comes down to it, isn't the relationship business a trillion dollar industry? It really is. Yeah. I mean, just like the wedding industry is a trillion dollar industry, but it's mainly relationship built. I mean, I look at even five years ago, a planner definitely was not a necessity. Today, it is pretty much a necessity to navigate things, especially if you're in a large city or you're doing a destination wedding. A designer still today is not a necessity. However, when Pinterest was born and it's started to get bigger and bigger, and now it's the number one search engine for images, especially for brides and couples, Pinterest has created a whole other need for designers and so not up until about two years ago, people were reaching out saying, I want to hire a planner. Now they're more educated and they're like, they understand that if they're going to have this Pinterest perfect wedding, that they need a planner who plans logistics and floor plan and timeline and budget and contracts, which is you can track every hour that takes, but a design is a creative design 
And you can't really put a price on that because you're creating something new for a person every single time because it's a relationship. (laughs) So it's just um, like, I never knew like why I was doing it like psychologically, but there actually is a process in listening to you. Like, it's so cool. It's like, I'm following your process and I didn't really know I was doing it, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, And and I think that it's interesting when you kind of recognize those changing trends and like, it's a, it's crazy to me that like, boom, all of a sudden there's like a new job description, right? Or a new role or a new position or a new type of company that just popped up like that. Um, I think that that is, I think that's something that's very encouraging, particularly as some jobs like go away and don't exist anymore, right? That there's opportunities out there to, to do something different and to follow a new trend. Um, but to your point, I think it all goes back to, even though this is maybe like in this case, wedding designers, maybe a new thing, it's still a business owner and you got to learn how to run it and you got to learn how to fill it with people who want to pay you money and manage your, your own business logistics so that you can actually be in business five years from now. Yeah. And how do you keep it going and not get burnt out? And again, if you have relation, what I've learned is having relationships with a specific type of person, they typically run with the same people because they like to be around those people. So if there's a client that we love, it's like, I want to do all of their friends and their bridesmaids because typically they're all best friends because they're wired a similar way. Now it doesn't always work that way with family because we can't have family, (laughs) but it's like it, and it's just a great feeling when we're doing a, a wedding. I mean, we have one coming up in two weeks where the bride, we have done three of her previous bridesmaids weddings. And it's like, I feel like we know the guest list. <laughs> and, um, and I love that. I love that there is an actual like relationship building strategy because I, I just subliminally was doing it and didn't know why. So that's really cool. That's awesome. And then you have a book on generating business referrals without asking. Where can our listeners find that? Is it on your website? Is it on Amazon? Like where's the best place for that? Yeah. So anywhere books are sold, you can find the book, whether it's in your local bookstore or it is on Amazon or any of the other places that sell books online. So it's anywhere you um, can buy a book. You'll be able to get generating business referrals without asking right now you can get the ebook and the printed copy. But if you're an audio person, there will be an audio version coming out very, very soon. Um, and that will be um, coming out well, at the time of this recording, it may already actually be out. So um, you it. can take your pick. I'm old school. I like holding my books in my hand, but um, so I think I was a little late in getting the audiobook out, but I read the audiobook. So uh, a lot of people say, you know, they love it when the author reads the, the book. Yep. So I do go a little off script and have a little fun with it. So, um, but there's a version for everybody wherever books are sold. That is amazing. Is it going to be on Audible, like the app? It will, yes. So here's the thing. I'm not a, I'm not a audio book reader. So when they were telling me all the places it was going to be, I was like, uh-huh. I don't even know what half those are. Oh. Like, I think I've heard of it, right? I'm like, is That's the Nook good. still out there? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, I don't know. Like, what? I don't know. Like, you know, it's like these, or maybe it was the Amazon one I asked about. But they're like, that reader doesn't exist anymore. But wherever <laughs> you can get your books through Audible and any other ways that you will be able to purchase books to be able to listen to, yes, it will be there. I just cannot give you the list because most of them I had not heard about, but I definitely <laughs> know it's on Audible. Well, I know like I'm an audible person. Otherwise, I ju- I feel like I don't have time to read. And so when I'm on the go, I always download new books because I'm a subscriber. They went to that subscription model, which is 
every business thinks they want to have that, which is great. It's reoccurring revenue, but the value of the books, I can just keep downloading them and listening to them on the go. So I will definitely download it on Audible when it comes out. Yay. Thank you. And then also you have a referral ninja quiz that all of our listeners can go on to stacybrownrandall.com. And we'll put this in the show notes so that you guys can, it's just one easy click. And so if they go to your website, stacybrownrandall.com slash quiz, and then what is the quiz going to let them know? Yes. So, you know, it's always interesting. People always ask me, I think I'm good at getting referrals. I'm not really sure. I've gotten some in the past. I, you know, what will this look like, this process look like for me to get more referrals? And so I decided a couple of years ago to really um, figure out a way to mathematically and a formula base tell people kind of where they are and what they need to do to move forward. So it's a nine question quiz. It's very simple. It shouldn't take you more than about three or four minutes. And that's if you're overthinking it and you shouldn't um, to complete these nine simple questions. But it's just going to ask you about really about your skills and your abilities now of what you do to generate referrals. And then it's going to produce a result for you. And you are going to be one of three levels of a referral ninja. My goal is for you to be a referral ninja master. So that's the level that I am and that's the level that I take my students to. I want you to be a referral ninja master. You may very well be a beginner. So you may be at the starting point or you maybe you'll be in the middle and you'll be in training ninja. But the goal is for you to become a referral ninja master. And so what I'll give to you after your, based on your quiz results is kind of like a little bit of a roadmap to understand, okay, here's what it's gonna take and here's what you need to do to get yourself to that master level. I will tell you when you take the quiz, if you are a beginner in training, don't stress and be like, oh my gosh, I'm at the bottom, right? Only 2% of the thousands of people have taken this quiz are actually a master when they take the quiz first off. So lots of beginners, a little bit of in-trainings and barely hardly any masters. But my goal is obviously to grow all of my students and my growth by referrals program to that master level. And that's what the program is built built around is taking you from a beginner or in-training and then showing you the path to get to a master. But you're going to get some of those resources right away once you just take the quiz. They're just going to come to your inbox to allow you to kind of see, okay, this is what I need to do to keep moving forward. I love it. I'm going to go take it when I'm done podcasting today. <laughs> okay, well, then you have to email me what your results are. I will. I love okay. stuff like this. Thank you so, so much for your time. Guys, be sure to check out Stacy's awesome book coming out on audio, on Audible. Her website is beautiful. She has a ton of resources with podcasting and the free seven-day challenge, tons of tools and articles, and she has her own community. So if you want to become a referral ninja, join her community as well. Check it out at stacybrownrandall.com. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Angela, for having me. It was so much fun. Yay. And thank you everyone who's listening to Business Unveiled. Be sure you are a subscriber and I will chat with you next week. Have a great week. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. 
Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.